Welcome to the Beauty, Brains, and Barbells podcast, the show that talks all things female resistance training to help women feel beautiful, confident, and strong in and out of the gym. Now for your hosts, Jordan and Gretchen. Welcome back to the Beauty, Brains, and Barbells podcast. Jordan and Gretchen here again with you today to talk about how to come back from an injury. We both have had a couple of just one or two injuries in the past. I think the biggest thing is one people try to deny yeah that they that they are actually injured. Do we do that? Never. Never done Never. that. Never. And two, they try to really really rush things back. Yeah. So I think the first thing we have to cover is what actually is an injury. What is an injury? Well, a broken bone is definitely an injury. A broken bone is definitely an injury. I, and I I love working with general population, Mm -hmm. but general population very much so is this muscle kind of hurts and they point to, you know, their quad or their hamstring or glutes. This, this muscle really hurts. And you're like, yeah, like, I don't think I can work out today. It hurts. You're sore. Yeah. You're sore. My favorite, I had a client that hadn't worked out for quite some time and came to me and I mean, I remember, like, the first time you come back after working not working out for a long time, even when you and I take a break, like, and we get back into lifting, yeah, your legs are sore. Like, your whole body is sore. But she comes to me and she goes, my legs are really sore. Should I be concerned about this? Like, should we not go this, do this much? Should we taper it back a bit? And I said it was, it was day one. Right. You're sore because you haven't worked out for quite some time. Wait till day two because that's usually when the soreness comes in real bad. Yell my name when you're trying to sit on the toilet. But no, you should not be concerned. It's not an injury. So I just Googled the definition of injury. Okay. This is funny. Uh, First, an instance of being injured. Thank you. Oh. (laughs) Number two. This is my favorite. Damage to a person's feelings. (laughs) (laughs) I I think we've been injured a lot. Where we work out? I mean, come on. No, I typically classify injuries into three different categories. You have an acute injury, which happens immediately. Okay. You fall down the stairs and break your leg. The second is an overuse injury. That's wherein you do... This happens for a lot of runners, a lot of endurance athletes. You run, 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 run. And you develop an overuse injury in an ankle, a knee, a calf. Sure. Tendonitis is a really big one. Um, Flare-ups, inflammation, those are really big, big ones. The last is chronic injuries. Those are ones that are lasting longer than six weeks, typically. They're, it's kind of, you know, an overuse injury on steroids. Sure. It's something that's lasted, like, a really long time. Typically, um, like, frozen shoulder is one that I would be, I would classify as like a chronic injury okay. where people don't have that mobility. Um, it's because they overused the muscles from sitting behind a workstation at a computer desk, whatever their job is to put them in that poor postural position. And then it de- developed into a chronic injury wherein those muscles are totally fried out. They don't have anything left in them or they go the opposite direction. They try to repair it and the muscles on the backside have now because they're just very, very weak. So those are the three types of injuries that I go through. All right. 
Um, How do you come back from it? You just wake up one day and you say you're better. And you're like, I'm good to go. Seriously. Well, first you need to identify that you have an injury, right? Yes. So I, yes, that is, that is really the biggest thing is you have to recognize that there's an issue, that it's not just soreness, that like, hey, this soreness has lasted for a week. Right. I may have strained something. And that's a really, that is a really hard line to know. You know, you had a really heavy bench set and your your chest, your arms should be sore. Mm-hmm. But if that's, like, if it's not improving after three days, oh, I may have strained something. Right. And that's, that's okay. Strains do take place when you do really heavy sets or when you overdo things. But... And part of that is knowing your body. Right. And knowing how you recover. I know on day two, that's when my soreness comes in. Yeah. The next day, I'm usually pretty good. Day two, I'm super sore. If I'm not unsore by day three or four, there's a problem. Yeah. I think, yes, identifying that you have an injury is the first one. Acute injuries, very easy to identify. Mm-hmm. Hey, like, I knew right away I was injured. The searing pain. Definitely gave me a pretty good indication. The fact that I felt I needed to lie on the floor and coach my sessions that day. Pretty good. You were injured. Pretty good indicator. You got into a car accident. Oh, injured. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Overuse injuries. Those are hard to tell because sometimes you just think you may have done a little bit too much. Chronic injuries, even harder to identify. But that's where doing that check-in with your body. Hey, how do I feel today? Hey, is this abnormal for me? give it a little bit of a little bit more of attention and then settle back into it and decide like okay better worse the same do i need to seek additional help and i think the first step is acceptance yes. some people not you or me are stubborn yeah and are like nope it's fine yeah it's it's not it's not real it'll work itself out i was so stubborn i knew i was injured i just was very stubborn and like I could still do something. Yeah. I waited until like 90 minutes before I was supposed to like meet with our coach to say like I will not be attending today. <laughs> this is a day and a half after it happened. And then even you know the next time I was supposed to see him Monday I I waited till Sunday evening, Sunday afternoon to be like mm, still not going to make it. It's not better. It's not it's not better. Help me, help me. Um but then once you've identified that you have an injury, then it, we go through the the recovery process, the actual going through coming back from an injury. Yeah. And I think the first thing that has to come is reestablishing stability and neuromuscular control, connecting to that body. I When I first heard this explanation, I thought it was so cool because you don't think about this, but let's say you break your arm and your arm gets put in a cast. Your body learns very quickly. We're, our bodies are so intelligent. I don't really, like, I need to send the necessary resources and what that body needs to that part of the body to recover it. But I don't need to send, like, I don't need to send neurons and signals to that body to fire muscles, to move the hand. I broke my arm. I'm not doing anything with it. Right. It's immobilized in that cast. They can either redirect them, utilize them. I mean, you're, if you break your arm, you're using your other arm more. So it can dedicate its focus to that arm. Well, as soon as you get out of that cast, you don't... It, it's not like cast comes off, neuromuscular con- connection comes right back. Your body's like, oh, we're good to go. Right. You. I mean, we feel this as the generalized weakness, the mm-hmm. lack of control, the instability with that. 
but there's actually a neuromuscular disconnection that takes place because of that. It's like, why, you know, why would you keep buying grapefruit if you don't like to eat grapefruit? Makes no sense to me. It does not make sense. Why is your body going to send signals to that part of the body if you're not going to use it? Sure. It's wasting it. Yeah. I mean, the first part is you have to reestablish that neuromuscular connection. And that's easier said than done, Mm -hmm. right? It's not just like you can sit there thinking like, brain, activate arm. That'd be pretty sweet, though. Pretty sweet. Maybe Iron Man. Brain, stand up from the squat. Yeah. Just stand right up. Just sit right down and stand right up. So it you have to go through very light stuff. I if, I mean, thinking of the example of an arm, tactile, like regain that sense of, okay, your body has to take, take recognition in that we're touching more things. We're moving in our normal day-to-day activities more. Um, that's going to help improve the stability for things. Very, very light things. That That is not, I'm going to go grab that dumbbell and do some curls instantly. Right. It's like very, very light. Body weight movements start to flex and contract that hand, start to move the wrist, start to move at the elbow, start to do like very basic movements that like you had to learn as a baby. It takes patience. It takes very much patience. Which is, again, something that we have a lot of. Right, right. And as you do that, I mean... Your nervous system is responsible for a lot of stability. It Mm -hmm. signals the muscles. Hey, we need to stabilize here. Brace for impact. Whatever it is. If you improve that connection, you regain that, then you rebuild the stability. Then you start going through, okay, now I need to flex my wrist and hold it. I need to make a fist and hold that there. I think of, you know, pressing into a wall, holding a plank. That's how you rebuild that stability in the arm. And I think for being like the patient's, it doesn't come back right away, but it will come back. And some people want it to come back. They're like, well, I've just spent six to eight weeks in a cast and doing nothing. So now I'm out of this cast. It's fixed. So right. I want to get right back at it because I missed the last six to eight weeks of gains. Right. So, you, I mean, you're basically starting over when you restart, but it will come back so quickly because you will have that muscle memory. You will get that strength back. Yeah. And I think this kind of piggybacks into our next one too. Your body's gotten used to not signaling there. It's almost like breaking a bad habit. Sure. You develop additional movement patterns. You think of people who are in boots and they're walking around, right? Hips are very malaligned mm-hmm. coming out of that boot. We have to really work so your body stops that compensation pattern. And that's part of that neuromuscular connection. Which brings us right to the second point. Once you establish that connection, you regain some of that stability, then it goes into realignment and to muscular priming. That realignment, I mean, think of it this way. If you then take that cast off, but you don't take the time to reestablish connection to realign your body, well, you're just sighted. Yeah. And you're you're reinforcing poor movement patterns. Right. It'd be like, okay, like I am out of a boot, uh, but I'm going to go back to squats. But, like, you took, like, your heel off of your shoe. Right. I mean, a boot, essentially, is a heeled shoe for a squat. So, this makes me think about our friend at the gym Mm -hmm. who is in a cast. Um, He thought he could play basketball. Obviously, he couldn't. And he is in a boot now. Yep. Right. So, 
after maybe the first or second day, he, I saw him with this like lifted thing on mm. his shoe. And I was like, what, what is that? It looks like something that you put on in the winter so you don't slip on ice. Yes. It looks like the, like the runner's like ice picks. Yep. Yeah. And he said, my hips really hurt after the second day because I'm walking so unevenly. And I didn't even think about that. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I put this on so I can walk. He's now, both feet are the same height. He can walk straight without doing that hip kind shift, of core hip shift. shift yeah. yep. And it's just going to make his re-entry into squatting and lifting that much easier. Right. Because he won't have to fix it. Right. I know, like, looking at my own, like, rehab, like, that's one of the hardest parts is you forget how quickly you develop poor movement patterns. And sometimes, depending on what the injury is, depending on how bodily aware you are, you recognize it very quickly. Right. For me, I recognized it very quickly. Oh, these are some bad movement patterns that I am developing. Yeah. However, when you're in so much pain, when you're in a boot. You don't care. You don't care. <laughs> you do not care. But it's it's that process of then once you start to feel a little bit better, you're, I mean, your body eventually compensates to the point where like, I bet if he would have waited a couple more days, he wouldn't have noticed the pain in his hips anymore. It would have gotten used to it. He would have gotten used to it. And yeah. it's that's what we all do. Right. And it's breaking those habits. And then, oh, but like you've been in pain for so long. Mm-hmm. Now you got to go through some other pain to go back to the way things are supposed to be. Right. But priming, priming muscles are a really big thing with that. I think we all think, you know, let's say our buddy gets out of his boot. He's still going to have to do some work to go right back or to get back to squatting. Oh, absolutely. There's going to be some footwork, some ankle work, some calf work. There's going to be glute work, hamstring work, quad work that needs to be done before he can squat. And even once he gets to that point where he's ready to be under the barbell again, okay, like we need to do some serious activation work to prepare for this because my body has not tolerated this type of load in in a very long time. Right. So it's that work that's very easily neglected, very easily skipped. It's like the boring, you know, warm-up work. You're like, eh, meh. Correct. I mean, I know for me, I'm doing towel exercises. I know. I am not interested in towel exercises. However, if I... It's good for you. It's good for me. And I am very much reminded when I am not doing them that this pain could come back. And I, I don't want it. So it's, yes, it's boring work. It's not very fun, but we got to break the movement patterns. We have to turn some of those muscles back on. It's like a hibernating bear. You got to wake that bear up. Turn her back on. Good morning. Good morning, sunshine. <laughs> then once we go to, once we've realigned, once we've primed, then it moves to correctional exercise. This is not a squat. This is not a barbell back squat. This is not a bench press. This is not a deadlift. These are... Again, basic movements, lightweight movements. A lot of times they're thought of as physical therapy exercises. Right. They're supposed to be done when you're fresh, not at the end of a workout, unless directed. Sure. Right? Like, I have been given some exercises to do following my workouts because puts me back in the realignment, mm-hmm. reprimes the muscles. These are ones where they're supposed to be done prior to the workout when you're fresh, not stressed out, and they're supposed to be done often. Which is so difficult because 
for someone who's like going to go to the gym, if they're crunched for time, they're like, my workout takes an hour and a half. Now I have a half an hour that I have to do to warm up beforehand. Right. Our friend Mandy does her PT warm-up exercises before she lifts. She's mm-hmm. the only person that I've seen be so dedicated to it. Like, I'm done squatting by the time she's done with her. Oh, yeah. And she's like, I have to, because I can tell when I don't do it and I don't feel good. Yeah. Like, can I bottle that? And Because I, I have the knowledge that it yeah. needs to be done. I, I mean... It's like, it is hard for me. I'm supposed to do my PT exercises twice a day. Mm-hmm. It's hard to do them twice a day. It is. And Friday, I'm super guilty of it. Confessing to my sins right here, right now. I was supposed to do them before we bench and after we bench. And I was like, ooh, didn't do my PT exercises before this. And you're like, well, you want to go do them now? I was like, nope, we've already started. Sorry. I just, I didn't want to stop my time. I was pinched for time. I yeah. wanted to just, I'm I'm already in it. What, what do I need to do right now? So that's not a recommendation. It's not a recommendation because let me tell you, I paid the price. Yeah. But it's an understanding that we know that it happens. And guess what? I did my PT exercises two times yesterday following our bench session. So good job. Thank you. Thank you. My sins are forgiven. <laughs> we can move along. No, but these correctional exercises, you know, you think if you have hip pain, this is like, very small little muscular activation glute bridges abductions this may be abductor squeezes core exercises they're meant to be not super super taxing Mm -hmm. it just is a reminder that hey little guy hey little muscle stay turned on please and we want to rebuild that movement pattern or strengthening it um frequent i i mean typically two to three times a day typically go anywhere 10, 15, 20 reps. You don't need to pound out hundreds of them. You also need to do enough to at least create a stimulus. The worst thing you can do is burn yourself out with this because that's where that bad movement pattern comes back into play. This would be a great thing to do in your office, like on a lunch break. Yes. Right? Yeah. Most, I mean, these PT exercises, you don't need weights Uh -uh. for most of them, right? Usually it's a towel, a band. So grab a yoga mat. Put it in your office. Yeah. And do it on your lunch break. You know what? If you get injured and you go through PT, mm-hmm. what I always encourage my clients to do is ask your physical therapist for exercises that you could do during your workday. Sure. They're smart individuals. They can provide something like that. And if that's the only, like, if that's the time that you have to do it, they want you to do them. Yes. They want you to do the exercises so you can get better. They don't want you to go there and be like... Eight weeks later, be like, I'm still in pain. There's no improvement. Right. They want you They want you to see improvement. And if you said, you know, hey, I can do these two times a day with the, the equipment you asked me to use, towel, whatever. But that third time, it'd be really nice to do on my lunch break during my workday at some point. But I don't have this stuff there. How can I do it? Right. How could I do Is there something different? Could I modify it so it works? Simple. Super, super simple. The last thing then goes back to building basic skill and movement. I know for me where we sit for deadlifts right now, I mean, I have been working at the same weight relatively within like 20 to 30 pounds for yep. the last three weeks. Very, very light for what my deadlift is. And we've just been working on building back skill, building back technique and basic movement. 
Squats didn't change all that much because I was able to do those pretty much the whole time. Bench, I had to, I had to take down my, my arch for bench quite a bit because I, I could not arch or get into that position. But you modified. You modified to I what modified. you could do. Yep. So it's building back basic skill, recognizing that you're not, you know, let's say you are a 200-pound max squatter. Well, you're not going to jump right back into a max squat after you sprain an ankle playing some basketball. Right. It, you need to build back. You need to go through that progression of being able to do a bodyweight squat. Then adding for, you know, maybe a counterbalance squat, then a goblet squat, a rack dumbbell, front squat, back squat, all the way through that progression. And then once you get to that back squat, then you start to add the load. Then you start to create some of that to then work back to where you are. And the truth is, is you, again, back to how intelligent our bodies are, it's going to pick up on it. It's not okay. like you need to go through, you know, f- we go through four-week blocks. It's not like you have a four-week block of bodyweight squats. Right. It's like, hey, do three sets of 10 bodyweight squats. See how you feel tomorrow. And then if you feel okay, then the next time maybe add a lightweight for a counterbalance. Right. And, I mean, it's a rapid progression. It's just, again, it's turning things back on in the body because they were turned off following an injury. Right. And we, it's it's very, I think, to take the time to know that it is frustrating. Yeah. And it's okay to be frustrated. I know you and I both have been frustrated recently. You got injured and your weights had to come down. You couldn't do some stuff. And when you came back to deadlifting, it was modified deadlifts. Mm-hmm. You love deadlifting. Yeah. And you couldn't. I couldn't deadlift for you couldn't seven deadlift. weeks. Right. And then when you came back, it was like modified deadlifts. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did joke about partner deadlifting. I think it would still be like, you know, something to be entertained. Like, yeah. you jo- know, Jordan's I pull pick it, it off the floor and she lowers it back down. Yeah. It'll make me feel great for being a part of a heavy deadlift. You know, we haven't quite worked out the transfer yet. <laughs> um. But it's okay to be frustrated. Yeah. I mean, there was a day that. I was having hip pain, right? And I couldn't pull well below what I should have been able to pull. Right. Right? And I am frustrated. And my coach, our coach looks at me and he's like, you good? And I said, no, I am mad. And I am done. Like, because it wasn't going anywhere. I was done. Yeah. And to keep coming back, though, after that, because if... So many people get frustrated, get injured, and then they quit. Yeah. You're not going to get better by quitting. Right. And you're going to continue to get injured in whatever something else you do. You're never going to find a sport or an activity where you're never going to get injured in. Right. Or you're never going to be injured from something else, and it's going to prevent you from doing that. So sticking to it Mm -hmm. is so important. I think you bring up a really good point because I think hot button exercises, back squats, Deadlifts, and there are some people who a back squat is not a good exercise. Right. A barbell deadlift, not a great exercise. But the fact that, like, oh, I hurt my back one time, I can never deadlift or squat again, is not true. Powerlifters, all they do is hurt themselves because they do exercises that aren't good for them. Here's the thing Can you honestly tell me if you hurt your back, okay, like, I'm never supposed to deadlift again, so you're never gonna pick anything up off the floor. You're never going to, like, pick a child up off the floor. A bucket of laundry. You're never going to, like... Do you put your laundry in a bucket? Like a bin. Okay. I don't know why it came out as bucket. <laughs> but laundry basket. Basket didn't come out. No. Whatever. 
You're not going to pick up a box or anything from the floor again. Okay, like you have knee pain. Your doctor said you should never squat again. I'm never going to sit down on a chair. You're better. Are you going to go potty standing up from here on out? Yes. I mean, honest to goodness, like... You don't do that already? I did when I was a kid. I tried. I tried. Gross me out. Like, toilet seats are gross. Yeah, they are. But, like, stick with it. Yeah. If you... I always tell people, if you got injured during a barbell deadlift, there was a reason for it. Right. There was an imbalance. There was an inefficiency in technique or form. The weight was too heavy for where you were at. So we back it down. We dissect it. We look at it. We find why. If you have a coach standing there watching you, you have a pretty good estimation of why. And you start to problem solve and you start to think, okay, this is why this happened. I strengthened this. Then I can start slowly going through this process again to get back to that exercise. Absolutely. It's not just a one and done type of thing. No, there are always special circumstances. Hey, like, you know, oh, like I have some hardware here. I was, you know, I, I think of people like, I know I've coached a kid who tore her ACL, is not going through the surgery process. And at this point, like, yes, is unable to do certain exercises. Right. Because, like, we got to strengthen some other things before we think about, like, lateral type of stuff, before we think about rotational stuff. It happens. There are recommendations. We're not saying that, like, if your doctor told you never to barbell deadlift again for a top single, like, okay, there's maybe a reason there. That doesn't ever mean you can't do good mornings, you can't do any hamstring or glute work to strengthen that pattern. Right. To get back to some type of strengthening. in to this episode of the Beauty, Brains, and Barbells podcast. If you liked what you heard today, go ahead and give us a like, a share on Instagram. Let us know what more you want to hear from us so that we can truly make this the podcast that females go to to improve their resistance training experience.